Right, hello everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of Doctor Who. I'm Josh, joined with me as always is my co-host Jack, and for the first time, and hopefully not the last time, is a very special guest, Raquel. Hello. How's it going, JP? How's it going, Raquel? Nice to meet you. Yeah. Well, not meet you, JP. Yeah, no. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you met me before, don't worry about it. Raquel, you were one of the first people to engage uh, with our Instagram account, so thank you very much. And you've been amazing keeping in touch and yeah we've been sort of getting to know each other after the past couple of weeks you do a lot of fan fiction right i think this is what i gathered from your profile and quite recently you shared a piece of work am i allowed to talk about it i don't think i've seen it anywhere that you've shared it but you sent it to me it was amazing um yeah you can talk about it um i haven't released it yet i'm going to be releasing um a new version of my poetry sincerely a companion um to my instagram um on the sixth on the sixth okay what's the significance behind the sixth it is the one year anniversary of me releasing it oh amazing amazing so why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself before we jump into the episode raquel i am a creative writer um also a creative marketer as well i do a lot of fandom things um everything started with um this show, Doctor Who, Sherlock, um, and I cover all those bases. I, I write a lot of poetry that has to do with um, the fan base and just moments in shows, um, like The Sincerely Companion yeah. is a, um, a letter from his companions to the Doctor. And it is amazing for anybody that hasn't read it. Where can they find it, Raquel? They can find it... Um, on my Tumblr account. It is linked in my description on my Instagram account. I'm going to be making a website, so I'll be making it a lot easier for everyone. Oh, amazing. Amazing. When's the website planning on launching? The end of August. And it's all happening in August, then? Everything's happening in August. All the best things. All the best things. Well, yeah, thank you very much, Carl. We're really excited to get you on. I understand you've written uh, three pages of notes for the episode Father's Day, which is more than <laughs> yes. we've done, I think, for the entire series put together, JP, right? I was going to say, yeah, probably put well. together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you were to bundle all, all of our notes together for the uh, first eight episodes, I don't think we're quite on three pages, but that's, uh, <laughs> I'm quite excited because there, there's obviously a lot that I've missed. So, um, yeah. It will add me, yeah. yeah. Before we jump in, Raquel, one more question. You specifically asked to come on for Father's Day. What is it about this episode that uh, you wanted to talk? Like, well, just what is it about this episode? I think it's a, I think it's a shift in Rose's mindset, honestly, and her relationship with the Doctor has fundamentally changed. And throughout this point forward, she has a better grasp on what she's actually doing and what her role is now rather than being a tourist with the doctor. She is a maker. She is a part of a movement and she can change things. And I think that kind of scares her in this episode. And she kind of realizes the depth of what she's actually doing with the doctor. Love that. Great answer. And yeah, yeah. you're right. It does seem to be sort of like a pivotal uh, episode in her change point. I was talking to Jack before and I hadn't noticed previously, but we've got two episodes. So the one before this, the long game, where you've got Adam, who is a companion that uh, 
doesn't live up to the mark. And then the very next episode, you have Rose making mistakes and not living up to the mark. So I found that quite interesting to place these two next to each other. And the biggest question I had for JP was, why does the doctor dismiss Adam and basically abandon him with a hole in his head and yet is so forgiving to Rose? Oh, that's a hard one. <laughs> I think it... You ever hear of like that tab theory with... um. I think it's like a psychology thing where like if the cab light is on, then you can get into the car. If it's off, then you're going to be struggling to get into the cab. And depending on what where people think the doctor is mentally at a point where he does take Rose with him, his cab light was on. He was accepting companions. Okay. Um, he's a lot more open to Rose. Um. I don't know exactly when she would have boarded with him because there's like that theory that like he's traveled for a very long time without her and then kind of like goes back to her or there's people saying. Um, oh yeah, in the gap that in that she... first episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we don't, we don't know. I don't know if that's been answered. It's probably done in a big finish somewhere. Yeah, I... I have not probably been keeping up with it, maybe. But um, <laughs> depending where you would see that, he's either been alone for a very long time or he sees a new opportunity, kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel. And he gives a lot more grace to her, I think, because he doesn't need another companion. He has Rose. He doesn't need Adam. Who needs that? No one wants Adam. No one wants Adam, yeah. exactly. No, that's a fair point, yeah. Jack, you had a pretty good theory on why he's so forgiven this episode. I did. I did. Yeah. The the theory I kind of the or the at least the take I took from it was the doctor feels responsible because it's he it was his cock up that caused everything to happen in Father's Day. You know, he should have taken responsibility and said to Rose, Look, I know you really want to, but we can't go there. You know, we can't we can't mess with time. And mm -hmm. I think that he was kind of throughout this episode, I know they had a kind of a bit of a tiff and yeah, he stormed off, but the gravity of the situation, he he realised that as soon as he got into the TARDIS, that wasn't the TARDIS, it was just a police box, and then he realised how badly he'd messed up by allowing him and Rose to go back to that point in time where you know he knew that, that things probably, yeah, probably could change, and I think that's why he was a bit more forgiving in this episode, is because he's not only trying to teach Rose about you know kind of the whole laws of time travel, I guess, but He's also trying to undo his mistake and he knows that he made that mistake and he's he's the only one that can fix it. Yeah, I I always thought it was a bit strange why he would even um I guess encourage or um be open to the idea of going back in time like that. Yeah, I thought yeah, the exact same thing. And then there's that bit where they're in the TARDIS and she asks him, and I think she says something along the lines of, Oh, well, if you can't do it don't worry and he instantly comes back with the I can do anything like of course I can do it yeah so I like, think, is it is it him showboating I think it's sort of like let me show you what I can do and also he's sort of like yeah I guess showbaiting because he wants to show her everything he can do and I feel like he is also in a very bad place because of the time war so yes, I think exactly. he's a lot more desperate I, I just a uh, side note on that. I am going to have to ask you to try not to spoil anything because Jack is really unaware <laughs> of uh, 
Gen- like genuinely is unaware of things to come so it, i'm it, sort of i slip up quite a lot with it but yeah let's try and keep stuff like that as vague okay, as okay, possible so I, yeah i was gonna say because i'm literally the the only thing i've seen is the you know the previous eight episodes and the the next time thing for at the end of the episode and that's it that's that's all i've seen what? yeah i know i know I, and the weird <laughs> thing is is i, I genuinely like i i mean i don't live under a rock so I've, i know of doctor who and everything like that and the, you know, there's a, there's a few uh, podcasts I listen to, and they're massive Doctor Who fans. And he actually specifically did a podcast on Doctor Who, on the on the new stuff. And so I know about that, but I, I realised I'd never actually seen it. And I was like, ah, this is a, a great opportunity. You know, it's, a, it's something to build on, and I can't believe I've never seen them. I'm so excited for you. I know, it's brilliant, isn't it? It is brilliant. I mean, you know, so far we're kind of eight episodes in and, yeah, without spoiling, but it's, you know, I've liked every every single episode. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see what the first episode that I don't actually like is. My um, money's on it being next week. Really? Yeah, controversial. I can't, I, I really don't think I like these next two episodes. I know you're quite a fan, Rico. You also asked if you could come on for them. The, uh, what is it? The Empty Child and the Doctor Dances? The Gas Mask Story. Yes. Basically. Yeah, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. You're really why? I I don't know, and I I rewatching this series as well. I think the two parters in series one are just dragged out. They're two parters for the sake of being two parts. I don't think there's enough story to. Uh, I don't think there's enough story to fill them. I remember really liking the Slovene two parter. Rewatched it for this run through, and I was I don't even like. I can't even believe I'm confessing this. I don't even think I finished <laughs> the second of the two parters when I rewatched it this time round. No. We did a- we did a whole podcast on it, man. How can you? Well, we did. <laughs> we did a podcast on <laughs> one and a half episodes. Bad. Yeah, I just couldn't get into it. But anyway, I mean, it is. It is kind of hard with the farting and such. I remember loving them though. Love the Slovene. Love Harriet Jones. Everything, but it was just like, oh, this should have been a one-parter. Yeah, but you got to remember, like, you're now what twenty years older than, or just under twenty years older than when you probably first watched the episode. Yeah, this is true. This is true. But anyway, we digress. Raquel, three pages of notes. You better start knocking them off or we're going to put people to sleep or we're going to run out of time. Go on. Believe it or not, we've knocked out quite like a page already. Ah, because of, um, you know, with Rose and how they actually just went back in time and why he would ever allow that. <laughs> Oh, I, I had one more question on that. Sorry. Obviously, we know where this series goes and where Doctor Who goes. But mm-hmm. if you can sort of take yourself to a frame of mind where you've only seen like up to this point, do you think there's any romantic undertones? Is he trying to impress her in a romantic way? Or is he just trying to be like, well, you're the first companion I've had for ages. I'm, I'm going to show off. I can do anything. You're just a puny human and I'm a time lord. Like, what, what would you get just from this episode alone? I think there is romantic undertone. Um, we started to really see it in episode three, The Unrequited Dead, when he kind okay. of looks at Rose in the dress and he's like, oh, you're beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. But Jack, you don't think there are any romantic undertones at this point? Know, or, you don't, or you think it's quite subtle if it is? It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a little bit all over the shop, really. It, it just like sometimes they're, you know, kind of this flirtatious behavior between them and you're like, okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, like funny enough at the start of episode three where she where he's like right where do you want to go and, and you know it's just all, all the stuff between them you, you just sit there and think right that, that could be you know you could see that as a almost like the, the start of an actual relationship but then 
if you look at the start of episode, uh, you know, the episode, the long game, the doctor quite literally wing man's rose. He just goes, yeah, right. Say this, say this before he comes out. And, and that's it. And of course, if you had those romantic feelings for someone, would you actually want to wingman them? Yeah. Um, I think, I think Adam was his, um, I think Rose definitely, um, maybe was interested in him. I don't think she was interested in him right away. I think she was more curious. I don't think there's any romantic side from coming from Rose. I think it's all with the doctor at this mm. point. Actually, yeah, thinking out loud as well, do you think he was trying to assist Rose with going after Adam because he knew Adam wasn't going to live up to it? He knew Adam was never going to be as good as the doctor. So he's like, go for it. Go and see if the grass is greener. And I know when you mm -hmm. find out it's not, you're going to come back really. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, I completely agree to that. Something to think about. I don't know if they're being quite subtle with the romantic undertones at the minute. I, I, I'm not sure it's being forced down our throats. And I'm, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting to try and it's interesting to see Jack's perspective, to be fair, because we know where it goes, whether it's romantic or not. And uh, I don't know. Are we, are we putting too much of future in it? But anyway, Raquel, what else have you got in your notes? I, I guess I'm kind of going from that. Um, there's the argument that happens between Rose and the doctor and um, she's quite confident that he won't leave her. Yes. Yep. After storming off. And um, she feels a sort of safety. And as a girl to feel that sort of safety with someone, um, it's always, I guess not always, but like maybe a romantic undertone to that because of that trust that she has in him. And later okay. she says yeah. like, I knew you weren't going to leave me. Yeah, as he's frantically sprinting towards her. Yeah, that breakup scene is just perfect as well. It's so honestly brutal what they're saying to each other and just how it's filmed. And yeah, yeah, he takes his key back and he fucks off. And but I suppose, yeah, is that romantic or is that the sense that, okay, well, he's trying to be this sensible time lord. He's not going to leave me, someone from the future, stuck in the 80s. That's sort of how I got that to be fair. Because I was a bit like, Having seen it as well, I was like, is he, would he actually have left her if the TARDIS was working? What would have, what outcome to that situation is there other than he comes back for her? No, I, I don't, I don't think that he would have left her either way, whether she's kind of um, hoping that he won't leave her or, you know, the other way where she knows in that kind of romantic, under, not romantic undertone, um, that trust undertone. Yeah. Um, especially the way, like, she kind of smirks as she looks back, as he's running towards her, barely towards her. Yes, she does. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yes, I, I've got, a, she thinks, she thinks she's got his number. But does he? Because he is only running back because the TARDIS doesn't work, the Reapers are coming, there's a stitch in time, whatever you want to say. Would he have left her? Would he have fucked off for a bit and maybe come back in a year's time or something? I we don't know. really we don't really know how attached he is to her at this point i think is this maybe actually this could be like the switching moment for him like when he does forgive her in the church a bit later on is that the difference between her and adam is that when he realizes oh my god i do care about you whether it's as a friend or a companion or you know in a relationship do you think this could be no, the turning point no the turning point was him going back in time for her 
Oh, good point. Good point. Because actually, as well, talking about the future, we don't see any other doctor do this with any other companion. Absolutely not. Sorry, Jack, we're jumping ahead of it now. No, that's fine. No, I mean, like, I'm just here for the ride, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know. I, I, but again, it, it's like it's like things that I'm like kind of listening to you guys. It's things that I want to be looking out for, you know, um, because I, I, I'm still undecided. I still can't work out whether the doctor would have left her there, and I don't think he would have. I think it would have been more like a cool down period. He would have just kind of gathered his thoughts and gone right. I better go back and get her. But yeah. the only reason that he came back, as you say, was because the TARDIS got turned into an actual police box. Not an actual police box, a cheap knockoff prop because they couldn't afford the actual police box. Yeah, you, li- <laughs> you leave the BBC prop department alone. They put a Maggie Thatcher poster up and that was it. 12 shirts, <laughs> two ties, and 10 actors. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> the same 10 actors, yeah. Um, I think there was a some kind of like meme where they were showing the 12th Doctor and Sherlock wearing like the same coloured shirt. And they're like, yeah, it's the same shirt. Oh, you're joking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on that then, Raquel, and slightly off topic, who's your favourite Doctor? Nine. Is it really? It is. The brooding hero. Brooding hero. Okay, love that. And what is it about Crackleston that uh, it makes him your favourite? He, it's quite biased because he was the one to introduce me to everything. So I, I do have a soft spot for him. Next, of course, the deep would be David Tennant. Um, So basic. (laughs) God, I'll give you one guess on who Josh's favourite Doctor is. Well, no, no, give us your ranking. Give us your ranking. It it goes in order. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Oh, it's been very nice having you on as a guest. I really (laughs) wish I knew the order. I really... the, the, The only thing I know is that Brad, who runs our TikTok and is eventually going to be on, his favourite Doctor is David Tennant. And I'll give you one guess of who you think Josh's favourite Doctor is, Raquel. Are we talking classic Who as well? Or just no, 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 no. Just New Who. 12? No, it's Jodie Whittaker. Really? No, it is 12. Oh, I, Bang oh, on. I love Jodie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she got you down on a point, Josh. Peter Claudy is the best Doctor, full stop. When we get there, JP... You will understand. He just is. I don't know. I like, I like Christopher Eccleston. I think I think Eccleston's great. Eccleston's a close second, then David Tennant, and then Matt Smith and Jodie are about level for me. But anyway, I, no, I never on. hear someone tell me that Jodie is their favorite Doctor. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? I... She was. Let's let's not get political, but she has some good episodes, but she was massively let down by Chris Chibnall. Oh God, yeah. Oh God, yeah. Oh, see, I, I know, I know enough to to that we can bash Chris Chibnall for absolutely <laughs> poor writing. That just because that's the thing. It was what we was talking about earlier, you know, in this episode. In that this episode has really, really good writing and has really good actors in it, and that's why it's delivered so well. But when you've got a good actor with bad writing, it just it just completely cut. It turns it into a car crash, you know. And that was that was something I actually know about Chris Chibnall is the. The writing was so poor, and it just didn't help Jodie at all. You know, she she obviously tried her best, but that that's it. So I, I it's going to be interesting to watch those episodes when we get around to. Yeah, I mean, it... we can actually look at the foreshadowing of Chris Chibnall with the countdown episodes. Oh the, like, yes, the pub quiz. Episode. You can't have a countdown without Chris <laughs> Chris Chibnall. Jack, there's he genuinely writes 
a pub quiz episode. It no. is just it's just a pub quiz. It's I actually don't hate the episode to be fair. But what I was like, I watched Chris Preston, David Tennant live as they came out. Matt Smith, I stopped watching after his first series, and then I went back retrospectively, and then I got back into it for Peter Capaldi. But I didn't stop watching for Jodie Whittaker. I I struggled with Jodie, not because of her, but because of the writing. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Totally agree. It's such a shame. Um, but let's not let's not jump forward. We'll we'll have you on as a guest, Raquel. Uh, Raquel, we'll have you on as a guest again. So we could definitely talk about this further down the line. But we're veering into sports, and we don't want to skew Jack's opinion before he gets there either. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I was actually quite excited when he said Jody. Like my face lit up. <laughs> so that's, well, a, that's a good side don't jack please do not fall out of doctor who well I, we're I, committing I, to this for the next four years or however long it takes us to get to it all, so. <laughs> yeah that's true yeah <laughs> but yeah no i'm, I'm excited to, to kind of actually have an opinion on who my favorite doctor is because i feel like it's going to settle a debate that's been going on between jack uh, between josh and bradford absolute years david tennant has the best run as the doctor he has the best episodes he's the most mm-hmm. consistent but Pete, if you're just going on who is the best doctor it's peter capone of course it is the man was made to be the doctor we're going to have him on as a guest next week actually <laughs> he's probably got more chance of getting his nephew on lewis capaldi you know <laughs> I would die. Anyway, back to the episode. Come on, we need to have some sort of theme to this special bonus episode that we're going to be doing. So bringing it back, um, what do you think of Pete, Raquel? Peter Allen Tyler. Hmm. I, I can see where Rose gets most of her qualities from. Yeah, it's exactly Especially... what JP said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. I I loved him so much, especially with the small things of like I I trusted you. I I gave you my keys and yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. What an absolutely underrated actor. Oh yeah, definitely. He it 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 was sort of a funny introduction for me when I saw him um, butchering Jackie's name at their wedding. I love that bit, but it doesn't make any sense because the priest says it first and you just repeat it after. Like, it is a funny bit, but that's not... I don't... That's not how weddings work, is it? I mean, I don't know. I've not been, I've not been to a wedding for years. Doesn't the priest go, do you take, you know, Joshua Adam Butts be your lawfully wedded husband? Then you go, I do take Joshua Adam Butts be your lawfully... Doesn't it work like that? I think, I think typically. There are also, like, other ways to get married, of course, but, like... um. I can get his nervousness. So even if the priest or um, officiant were to say the name, I I still think it's a funny bet. <laughs> Actually, that's a very good point that I haven't really thought about. They don't go straight back to the day he does. Rose must have asked to go like on a couple of trips then. Presumably they went back to other times, but she must have said, let's go to the day of the wedding. Let's go to... I, do you know, like, I hadn't even thought about that until we're just talking about it now. Like, clearly they would built up mm-hmm. to going back to the day that Pete died as well. So that's that's an extra little layer that I hadn't thought about. Yeah, because, I mean, the emotional toll that Rose would have to take on to see her father die is astronomical. But besides that, she does not have an attachment to him before this point. 
That's a and, very good point. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, like you were saying, like you never thought about them taking multiple trips because I, I think they would have to observe him for at least more than 10 minutes <laughs> for her to <laughs> see these qualities and like that's my dad it's not just a story that my mom yeah. told me while holding open an album yeah no absolutely because absolutely you can look at a picture but you can't you know replay it yeah a picture's not a person and yeah and I can get why she would want to go on some sort of like dad will sort of thing yeah I, I mean you you kind of as you say you go from having a picture to you know kind of hearing stories but you want to you want to experience it yourself you know you want to see but I, I guess the weird thing is is that that's all that she's gonna ever get you know there's no kind of future she can't see what it would have been like if he was around and everything he, she she can only go back to his short life and that's it so I think I think you're right kind of going on a on a world dad tour of you know, kind of a dab or tour, whatever it is that that that's the only that's the only kind of chance she's got to connect with her dad. But yeah, I, I mean, it, it made it made sense actually what you're saying, Josh, about the fact that they probably went to a few different spots and everything like that because it'd be very very weird if she'd have just gone. I know my dad's dead, but I want to go to the point that he died. It's just a bit of a weird thing to do. Like you don't you get kind of closure mm-hmm. from it, but I don't feel like you get all of the closure from it. Yeah, and it's like if if you have the doctor. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. No, that's it. You know, you, and and he makes a point of saying that they can go anywhere in time or space. You know, so you you would just use it if you've got it there. You would use it, but then I think that's kind of where it goes back to to what I was thinking in the episode is about the doctor showing responsibility because the doctor makes a point as well when he says, um, you know, he says about do you not think that I'd want to go back and and stop the time war and stop my people dying, and you know if if he's done you know if he if he kind of has those rules and he's like i can't go back there and you know i know that it would be difficult for me to not be involved i I just don't know why he would then tempt like almost tempt rose of that you know it's kind of like if you was to put a kid in the car the kid's probably going to crash the car but you (laughs) you you know and you you can't blame the kid because the kid's been put in the car by an adult you know you you're you're responsible for what happens after that happens, you know. It's, Why don't you know how to like, drive, you little shit? I mean, look, GTA. <laughs> everybody knows that GTA is a way how to learn to drive, but... What do you mean right. you don't know stick shift? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's clutch, brake, accelerator, CPA, come on. In fact, I'm probably the only one that dri- drives a, a manual car around here, aren't I? Yeah, I think you are now, actually, yeah. Uh, oh. yeah. I know how to drive manual. Oh, there you go. Drive stick. I was going to say, yeah, because Josh, so, so Josh used to be in the UK with us, and then he moved to Dubai. And of course, in Dubai, everyone drives a, an automatic. It's just there's just there's just no such thing as a as a manual car over there, and uh, it, it's it's really funny because I can't wait to see when you come back in the UK, and then you I just put you like you go in a car that's got a you know it's got a gear stick. I can do it. I drove a '65 Mustang that was. Uh... I told you this. It was clutch, and the gear stick was on the wrong side, the American side. I, I didn't stall it at all. I stalled it once <laughs> when I was trying to park it, but that's because it didn't have power steering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was definitely the steering, wasn't it? Must have been. Anyway, an off-topic question then. You've got <laughs> the keys to the TARDIS. The Doctor is trying to showboat for you. Where's uh, 
Raquel, you could start. Where do you go? Forward, backwards, left, right? What would be your, where would you go? First trip. That's a hell of a question to forward. ask, to be honest. Take some thinking I time. It's forward. really, it makes for good listening. I mean, uh, there's a part of me that says going back, but I feel like I would just be teasing myself <laughs> with something I can't get involved with. Okay. Um, can you get involved if you go forward? I mean, I, yeah. well, that was dumb of me to say. Well, yes, of course. So you, you I, go forward. How far forward? Do you want, definitely not to watch a fire, but. <laughs> um, yeah, he's raising alarm bells that you said definitely not to watch a fire. Are you an arsonist? Or what is it, an arsonist? Why would you? Arsonist. That's a weird thing to specify. <laughs> you wouldn't go ahead to do I definitely no, wouldn't go ahead to murder somebody I definitely definitely wouldn't do that oh no I'm starting to think you might I definitely <laughs> no I only said that because uh Rose went forward and he's like yeah this would be such a great experience to see oh, the yeah. planets blow up in front of your eyes yeah what a good first day yeah, yeah that's a fair point actually I'd be like, let's go forward in time and watch your house be destroyed. Yeah, it'd be kind of like Futurama, wouldn't it? You know the bit where he's like stuck in the uh, in the cryo tube and you just see like the, the planet get destroyed and then get rebuilt and then destroyed again and then rebuilt. <laughs> it'd just be like that. You just go, oh, okay, fair enough. How many times that has it happened? You know. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's a spoiler for season two, JP, with New New York or wherever it is. Really? New 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 New. New, 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 New York. Nice. I'm going to go back in the edit and make sure you got the exact right amount there. <gasps> yes, thank you. <laughs> there you go. And uh, so when we let off there, Raquel was just telling us she wants to go into the future to watch things burn. Um, JP, what would you do if you were given the keys to the TARDIS for the day? Oh, if I was given the keys to the TARDIS for the day, well, um, I would, um, I would go backwards in time. Definitely go backwards in time. So. Okay. You know, you get these kind of mysteries, but you know, you get historians and archaeologists and all that. They all argue about. They're like, oh, like the, the the pyramids, for example. You know how they were built, how they were done, everything like that. I'd love to go back there and just watch and just see what it was like. You know, like the um, you know, the flight that went missing as well a couple of yeah. years ago. Yeah. I want to be there, mm -hmm. see what happened to that. The um, oh, who was the? Uh, they referenced it in Loki. Do you, you remember the guy that jumped out of the plane? He held the plane hostage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you then, um, would you subsequently turn into one of those wankers whenever it gets brought up at the pub? You'd be like, well, actually, it happened this oh, way. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'd be like, look, I mean, like, I'll, I'll bet you a tenner that it happened this way. But and it's just, it'd just be interesting to not like, because you wouldn't have to do anything. You'd just sit there and watch. And that was it. So you wouldn't have to worry about any butterfly effects or anything like that. You could just sit there, just watch and go. So that's how it happened. Oh, God, so I mean... boring, though. My biggest fear with that is that someone's going to come up to me and I'm not going to be able to communicate with them. <laughs> you just sat there on uh, your phone or something like that and they're like, what on earth is that? And you're like, oh, no. And you're I'm like, oh, with. no, this is a Canada event. <laughs> you just have to like throw, <laughs> he just throw the phone away and you're like, uh, nothing. There was nothing. Absolutely nothing. You saw nothing. But what was that thing? Uh, nothing. Why'd you throw it? Uh, throw what? That's it. Oh, it's like when when Rose brings her phone out in the in the episode, and lovely he's like, segue there. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, that's a fair point, actually. Yeah, because you, you would have to be really, really careful, wouldn't you? You know, you, you'd have to, uh, as you say as well, communication. You know, if you was to go back to like, I don't know, say for the example I gave, if you was to go back to ancient Egypt, of course, they don't speak English. I mean, they don't even speak anything that is spoken nowadays, I don't think. Yeah, did, uh, they? did they not speak Egyptian? Um, I don't know. Well, no, they used hieroglyphics, didn't they? <laughs> Yeah, fair point. There's a great episode of Peter Capaldi where he uh, goes back to like medieval times and he introduces the word dude. <laughs> I I genuinely thought they were going to do something like that with, um, you know, the third episode where they meet Charles Dickens. I genuinely thought they were going to do something about that, like kind of have the Doctor inspire Charles Dickens or something, but they never did. I was really disappointed with that. <laughs> I think they do it with Shakespeare in a couple of series, JP. So that's another one of your theories that comes true. They, uh, they expose Charles Dickens to the word fan. Oh, You're yeah, right. they do. They do. Yes. Yeah. In their carriage. How do you resemble a cooling device? That's right, yeah. I forgot about that, actually, yeah. There you go. I it's nice having it. an expert on for a change. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> My skills are now being used for good and not to annoy people. <laughs> uh, just yeah, our listeners. On that person at the pub who's like, actually, it went like Oh, this. God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. That's what you need to be. You just It's, it's just knowledge, isn't it? That's what you want to know. All right, then, Josh, go on in. On, on he's sitting up in his ivory towers. Where would you go, then? What would you do? Oh, without a doubt, 2000 Glastonbury watching uh, David wow. Bay. Boom, I'm there, front row. Easy, easy answer. Come on, guys. You'd be in one of those pictures then that <laughs> is on like conspiracy theory Reddit, where like yeah. they have the <laughs> a mobile phone. <laughs> the time travelers. <laughs> it's fine. I probably look like I'm from the 70s anyway, so. Yeah. David, David Bowie's there on the stage he's like right everybody put your lighters up and Josh just gets out his iPhone and he's just like oh wait, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh no the wrong lighter what's that it's a vape yeah. what's a vape <laughs> no. that's it yeah <laughs> oh, right come on let's bring it back to the episode or should we just fuck it off should we just have a generic sort of doctor who chat whatever you guys feel more comfortable with we haven't done much father's day speak on this episode so whatever you guys feel comfortable with raquel will let you spin your wheels for a while i do have something to say okay mickey mickey Mm -hmm. is so much older than rose yeah yeah i would say he's what three years old in this yeah, no, that, that is not a three-year-old child. You don't reckon? I don't know what a three-year-old child looks like, to be fair. How old do you reckon he is in this? You're a nan? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> I'm 23. How no, have you got a grandchild? No, hold on a minute. No, you've, you've got confused there, mate. <laughs> I'm a nanny. <laughs> You're a nanny. I got it. I was being obtuse on purpose. Oh, no. I was like, that is not a three-year-old child. He is at least five. Okay, not the worst age gap I've ever seen. Don't be a cuff. Five, six. (laughs) One, he's unsupervised. He's just like in the playground about to get eaten and he starts running. Wasn't that because everybody else got eaten? I had a question though. He's quite clearly wearing a suit in that playground, right? Mm -hmm. But he's not going to the wedding because he's already late before everybody gets eaten. What is little five-year-old Mickey doing in a suit? What's, what's this all about? Well, I said he dresses up. He's a dapper guy. You know, he just to the dresses park? up. The park? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, you've got to flaunt it sometimes. <laughs> I yes. can only, I wear my Mary Janes everywhere. I do dress up a lot, so I can understand a little dapper guy like him. But also... <laughs> Jack, are, are you or I going to ask what a Mary Jane is? Yeah, now what is a Mary Jane? <laughs> They're little heels. Okay. Oh, very nice. Um, I only bring my Mary Janes out on the weekend. No, <laughs> Mary Jane is something completely different to me, but... Uh... Also, he was going to the wedding. Everyone knew who he was, wasn't he? Or like, but, didn't they know? Yeah, but he was like dead late. Because I think the bride shows up and they're like, you've got to do a couple of rounds. People are going missing, blah, blah, blah. And Mickey's still just in the park at this point. Well, because why would a kid be at a wedding? Why would a kid be wearing a suit to the park? Maybe they just Because he's at the... the wedding. He's just doing recreational he's... activities. Oh, I see. Right. It was a little, uh, it's a park at the wedding. Yeah, so you need to distract the kid. So you're like, right, I've got to pop over to this house and this house and this house, put the kid in a park, let the kid play around a bit, and then you can go do your errands. That's it. Okay. That's All how right. parenting works, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. It's just distracting a child until they're old enough to distract themselves. That's it. Uh, I love uh, Rose imprinting on Mickey. I think that's very cleverly done. Oh, yeah. She was like, um, I think I've imprinted on him like a mother chicken. <laughs> I love that. I also love that the last time we really, oh, not the last time, but he's sort of holding on to her the same way when she runs off with the doctor that first time, just like wrapped around her leg. I thought that was quite a nice little throwback. Yes. I, oh no, I don't want to spoil it. Never mind. I'll keep my mouth shut. <laughs> be vague, be vague. I like how Mickey develops. Yes, totally agree with you. Totally, totally yeah, agree with you. To be honest, I know he's only been in a few episodes, but I've seen that already myself. So I was I was going back to um, what's the first one of the uh, Slovene? That's World War Three, isn't it? Is it World War Three or was it the Aliens in London? I think Aliens in London is the first one. So the difference between the first time we see Mickey and then that that one there, even just like kind of with the you know Rosie's like in Rose, her workplace blows up and he's like, oh yeah, let's go out for a pint. And then, like, when, <laughs> like, you know, kind of in... It, but it's true, though. That's what he says, isn't it? He's like, oh, come on, go down the pub. And she's like, oh, you only want to go down the pub because the football's on. And then when Jackie gets... Um, I think it's the, for the first time when she gets first attacked by the um, by the Slovene. He then says, she's like, oh, I need a drink. And he's just like, no, I'll make you a cup of tea instead. You don't need a drink. Like, it's already those kind of, like, small little developments that he's maturing uh, a bit more. Yeah, no, he really does have an absolutely cracking character arc. But they all do, to be fair. Jackie has an amazing character arc. Like, again, without spoiling things, Pete does as well. Like, and the way they do it, like, you would never be able to guess what's coming, JP. But it is done. It's so, it's like, it's so far-fetched and sci-fi and all this nonsense. And yet, what Russell T. Davis does great through his tenure is he makes it feel so believable. Like, this family aspect, this... I don't know if it's slightly different for you, Raquel, coming from California, but it's like he nails a British family. Like, it's mm. insane. It's no, so absolutely. It No, it resonates over here as well. But it's a really um, special... And I think that's what Moffat missed, is like Moffat's very sort of fairy tale in his tenure. But this is sci-fi yeah. and it's ludicrous and it's crazy, but it's so grounded in reality that... I think that's why it impacts so much because it's a show about traveling through space and time, but these series are 
really like if you look at it as a whole it's 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 a family dynamic it's uh it's all it's russell t davis era is a soap basically it's a it's a soap opera Mm -hmm. and that's why it's my favorite era and i'm you get like eastenders and coronation street and stuff have you ever watched any of that of course i have really i'm quite surprised that i mean it's big over here but i just wouldn't have thought that of translated in america is it like on just like regular tv or no i catch it online um there's no i have most of my friends to be honest are from the uk okay got yeah there you go so you're basically a brit yes that is what <laughs> <laughs> try talking about doctor who over here no one knows what that is really i thought it was quite big in the states um i mean if you go to like convention places mm-hmm. like where everyone kind of gathers who has the knowledge of Doctor Who or any kind of fandom. But it, if I even mention Doctor Who, like, like, I was on a date, I would think, like, a month ago, and I started talking about the shows that I like, and he's like, "What? what's Doctor Who? And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, Bill, please. Oh, my God. I'm like, anyways, <laughs> thank you for your time. I'm leaving. No, it's, yeah. it's so rare. That's why I... I meet most of my friends online. Right, fair enough. And we've we've witnessed it firsthand with you. It's a fucking great community, to be fair. Like, I've always been a fan of Doctor Who. I've never really engaged in, like, I fucking hate social media and online. Don't, don't get me started. Well, don't start. This is a great, start. it's a great community. <laughs> Everyone is, everybody's awesome. Honestly, like, we're a very little, very new podcast show. And we have... I, a lot of people reach out and it's just a lovely place to be and lovely people to talk to and oh it, yeah, is, isn't it? It. it, it really is i mean like, I'm, I'm a massive football fan and just like you just it's kind of the only kind of comparison i've got really to a fan base and everything like that and you compare to kind of like and i know it's two different types of people but you know so much nicer everyone's so much open and happy <laughs> and yeah, it's just so much nicer it really is i think that's what I enjoy the most about fandoms. I mean, my room is fully decorated in fandom things. <laughs> I got like these little um, statues of John Sherlock. I have the TARDIS. Um, What's your memorabilia that you're have... most proud of? Let's see. I'd say my TARDIS purse. TARDIS purse? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Oh, well, you're going to have to post a picture of that on social media so we can see it. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hazard a guess at Josh's one, and it's going to be the photo you've got with Peter Capaldi. It is indeed. It is indeed. Yeah. He's fucking brilliant. He's brilliant. But I also, I have a Lego TARDIS, which I am very, very proud of. Oh, Lego TARDIS. I have the Funko TARDIS that I, I found at a thrift shop. Oh, I love that. I love uh, you know, that. I, that is one of the many things I've just, we don't really get fresh shots over in the UK. And I just love to, I just you just go in there, you just don't know what to expect. You could find an absolute gem like that, or you could just find nothing. Yeah, a pair of used knickers yeah, or something, um... yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, that's a different oh, shop. Oh, no. <laughs> there are so many thrift shops over here. Yeah, we have the odd, like, charity shop. What are they called? Like, the... Um... Salvation Army shops, I think we have, right? Yeah, I, I guess you could prob- probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like them, I guess. But yeah, we don't get any like Macklemore, you know, leopard print fur coats and stuff like that. That's that's a real rare find. <laughs> yeah, you got to buy them. If you ever 
want to find things for cheap, um, a lot of people recommend going to like um, at Beverly Hills area, Thousand Oaks, where all the rich people are, and going to oh. those charity shops. Oh, that would make that's, sense if they're just offloading yeah. stuff and that's for a shot down the road. Yeah. Actually, wasn't that a line? The, wasn't that a line from the Macklemore song? Yeah. For a shot yeah. down the road. <laughs> it might have been. I was <laughs> expecting more of a laugh with that one, but never mind. Yeah. No, I mean, that's actually a fair point because you go in there and just, I mean, they want to show that they're charitable. So they just go, oh, yeah, someone else had it. Yeah, exactly. that. Getting, getting something that was worn by a celebrity, you just be like, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I think the UK is a bit behind on the whole recycling sort of scene compared to America, unfortunately. Oh, I don't know, mate. When, when it comes to like recycling cans and plastic bottles and everything, I can never keep up with the rules. It's like, oh, you can recycle this, and now you can't recycle this, and you can do this and that. <laughs> you spend about an hour going through your, your kind of your rubbish. You're like, no, can, can't do that, can do that, can't do that. Anyway, back to Doctor Who. Yeah, that sounds like good. When he, when Peter was. Right, Peter? Yeah, P- Peter yeah. Allen Tyler was talking to his daughter and he was trying to flatter her in the in the flat. Flatter her oh. in the flat, nice. Oh, nearly, nearly Marty McFly it. Oh. Well, I love this. I love this because Rose shuts him down so brilliantly. I asked Jack the question, how many times have you been rejected the same way Rose rejects their dad? So Raquel, same question to you. How many times have you had to shut down a boy in that it's never going to happen. Never even going there. How many times have you had to be that brutal to get a guy to be not interested? So many times, I I I cannot keep count. <laughs> at my at my job, when I was nannying, they had like a electrician over, and yeah, I couldn't even you know focus on the kids. The sky was just like in my space. <laughs> How many times so did he I, make the joke about making a spark or something like that? There's a spark between us. I like it. <laughs> Please tell me he did use that line. He didn't. I don't think he was bright enough for that. Hey, bright enough. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. So I should be an electrician. Honestly, the amount of puns I could make on the day, I'd, I'd, everyone would just pay me more to leave the site just because I'd be just making so many puns. I'd be like, yeah. Go on, give us one more pun. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't think you're very switched on, so... <laughs> I can listen to these all day. Exactly. See, I'm just I'm in the wrong profession. That's why I'm I'm in I'm wasted in an office. Fuck's sake! Moving very swiftly on. <laughs> um, what do you think about Jackie? <laughs> oh no, the hair! The hair! The hair! The hair. Say, that is an eighty style hair, though. I did read somewhere it was confirmed as a wig, unfortunately. Oh. She is so Jackie in this episode. Yeah, isn't she? Like, in her purest, truest form, especially when she's, like, blabbering on about, like, you name them all, Rose. How, like... Yeah, oh, that is one of the best lines in Doctor Who. Where it's like, look, it's it's my daughter, Rose. And she goes, Rose, how sick is that? I'm in absolute (laughs) stitches. Like, this is such a funny episode. I think we were talking um, about where it's like, oh, so what am I like in the future? Uh, uh, do I go grey? And Rose is like, obviously, like, oh, you're dead. So she doesn't say it. And then he looks up and he's like, oh, my God, do I go bald? I'm like, what a relatable. That is exactly, I would go to, I'd be more worried about going bald than I would be dying, like, flat out. Oh, well, yeah, that's it. Yeah. You know what the worst part about that 
is though like that conversation is that he knows yeah exactly exactly he already knew he does he knows from the start he knows from the very start Mm -hmm. when he's looking out the church and he can see the car right after he talked to the doctor yeah he is so good in this episode it's unbelievable he honestly everybody is so good in this episode another sort of standout scene for me was when um he pulls up at the church with rose and he just gets into it with jackie and like they leave it ambiguous has he had an affair before and the music starts playing and i was like this is genuinely a really touching scene and just seeing rose's little heart break that her mum and dad aren't you know this loved up couple that 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 she wants them to like just brutal brutal stuff like you forget this is a kid's show when you watch it to be totally honest with you i honestly was thrown for a loop when I learned that it was supposed to be a kid's show and Christopher Eccleston yeah. referred to it as a kid's show yeah well we've like, sort of got how can oh, you God. view this how can as you view a... this as a kid's show I am crying yeah, yeah I mean it, it, it really does touch on everything that a kid's show technically couldn't I mean I, I made a, a very morbid point to Josh when we spoke about it earlier in the fact that I was genuinely surprised that they didn't show Peter getting hit by the car because you look at like Dalek and everything like they've shown some pretty gruesome deaths as well. And it's just like, you, you have to remind yourself it's a kid's show. And then they go into this kind of, kind of deep, deep topic, uh, like kind of topic, this episode that, you know, that parents aren't always happy and that kind of, you know, and, and what Rose was looking back at thinking her mum and dad had a really good relationship actually wasn't the best kind of relationship between them. They were always arguing and, it's it's a very very deep topic to to touch on really especially for a kid show um especially the fact that um jackie wasn't even upset by her husband not spending their fine in quotes final moments together oh that's a very she was like off doing his own thing and she was just holding her baby the entire time yeah another little dynamic was that's just thrown in there but yeah like me and jack we've got a little tally going on at the minute there's been a gruesome death in every episode so far whether it's clive being shot point blank in the face in front of his kids right up to the daleks you know executing them and skeletons flying everywhere like this is (laughs) not a kid show at all every single episode in season one you know cassandra gets blown up um what other gruesome the neck snaps in fucking the young quiet dead like basically game of thrones this it, it pretty much is it's an early game of thrones anyway let's start wrapping things up oh yeah um i guess just to wrap it up um the the ending of the episode how did you guys did you guys cry how did you deal with that i mean it was i i, I said to, to josh I, I i genuinely thought that the like rose and the doctor were gonna be in the car because you never see the the driver at the start of the episode. You never see the driver. You just see the car, and you, then you see the vase and and everything like that. And the way I was watching it, I thought it was going to be one of those scenes that Rose was going to have to kill her dad. And I was like, oh, this one's going to be very very tough. And then of course when he nobly goes, no, that's it. I've got to. I I know what I've got to do. It was like, oh, that's quite a, a touching. You know, it's quite a, quite a, a touching way to kind of have an ep- a character leave an episode. But it was. Um, yeah, I think the the only kind of thing that I have, like looking back, I know there's several seasons of Doctor Who further down the line. And I kind of lost it a little bit because when the Doctor then disappears, of course, that would have been a great bit of tension if you were watching it there and then because you're like, oh, is the Doctor actually going to come back? Is he going to come back in a couple of episodes' time? Is he not? 
And of course, I'm like, well, he's obviously going to come back because he's got eight further seasons down the line. <laughs> you know, you can't. He's got to come. So I lost that little bit of a ten, like kind of that tension there. But it, it was just such a noble way, and it, again, like it shows Rose's dad's true kind of character, and and you you can see where Rose gets that kind of gets those characteristics from. You know, she she shares both characteristics from her mum and her dad. Um, and I thought it was just a nice way to to end the episode. Yeah, it's a very sort of bittersweet ending. I mean, the bit that emotionally hit me the most was uh, Pete and Jackie's sort of argument outside the church. But talking of resolutions of the episode, again, me and Jack, we've got a little tally going on about how many times it's actually the Doctor that saves the day in this series. And I think we're, I think it's maybe 60-40, the Doctor doesn't save the day. What do you think about the solution to this episode, Raquel? Again, it not being the Doctor, it being Pete. How, how does how does how does that sit with you? There's a piece in my writing, sincerely companion, where I state that the doctor fights with pulsing weapons. Yes, his greatest mm-hmm. weapon is the people around him, and whether he uses them to fight his battles for him or to put into motion those battles. Like you said, most of the time, it's not the doctor who saves the day; it's the people around him. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely yeah. right. To be fair. And that again, that sort of comes back in the Matt Smith era, right? Where, you know, it's, what, uh, is it the one with River, River Song? It's like, it is the doctor's army. And it's like the people rallying up for him. He doesn't even have to ask them to. Oh, even when Davros comes in at the end of uh, series four, and he's like, you turn these people into soldiers. Yeah, it's, it's just very interesting because... Again, having not watched this for a while, in my head, it's always, yeah, the Doctor is the one to save the day, but he very, very rarely is, certainly in this series. Yeah, um, not to spoil anything, but, like, at the end of the season, it's Rose. Who does it? Yeah, very good point. Very, very good point. You're right, yeah. No spoilers, though. No spoilers. I know, yeah, I, you're I, absolutely I right. Just, that, that little section there, so many questions. Who's that <laughs> Who's River Song? <laughs> so many questions. Is there anything that you would like to add before we start wrapping up, Raquel? No, I think I covered everything. Perfect. JP, There's anything you want to add? Here. My Three home. pages of notes. Look at that. Three pages of notes. Smashed them out. And uh, no, I, I think that's, uh, I, you know, the only thing I've got to end on is that so far that, you know, Father's Day has been my favourite episode. It's one of my personal favorite episodes um, of all of New Who. Yeah, inclined to agree with that. I, yeah, definitely. And never fails to make me cry. <laughs> what is your favorite episode of New Who, Raquel? <laughs> That's a tough one. It would have to be, unfortunately, Doomsday. Oh, so you like a tearjerker? Oh, I love a tearjerker. Um, <laughs> sadness is my favorite emotion and on that cheery note thanks for coming Raquel (laughs) next week we're gonna sit down and watch Marley and me (laughs) followed shortly after by the fault in our stars (laughs) you know I've never seen the fault master in in our stars great film but no I I do totally get you Raquel yeah sadness is a huge uh it's a huge emotion yeah and of course it, it pulls on the feelings and we sort of associate that with uh Good entertainment, but thank you very much for coming on our little show, Raquel. We really, yeah, really man. appreciate it. For anybody listening, please, we'll link 
Instagrams and everything in the description. Please go and read Sincerely a Companion. It is genuinely amazing. And I think you said you've got a new piece or an updated piece coming out on the 6th of August, right? Um, the Sincerely Companion is coming out, um, the one year anniversary thing. And then also the one I sent you that I haven't uh, released yet. And it is genuinely amazing. Like, talk about a tearjerker. It gets you, you all the emotions. It really, really is brilliant. So, yeah, thank you for coming on our little show. We will link you on. It's been a really nice sort of almost mid-season treat. We would love to get you on probably for the finale as well. And we'd love it if you would become yeah. a regular guest for us. Raquel. Honestly, it's been a real, real pleasure talking yeah. to you. Oh, of course. Oh, my God, I would love that. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's there been so fun to talk about <laughs> all of this. Yeah, yeah, there's been a few tangents. We haven't really spoken about the episode, so I think it would be amazing, yeah, if we could get you on for like a series rundown of series one. Jack will be up to date <gasps> with all the information. Yes. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. I'm on that. Yeah, there we go. So we will see you, I think we're there in three, or three weeks until we get there, so... You'll be joining us again very shortly. Thank you for starting out, uh, starting your day with us being in California. Uh, yeah. I'm now ending my day and going off swiftly to bed. But uh, yeah, as always, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for engaging. And just one final huge thank you to Raquel. It has been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Adios, amigos.